planet, planet Earth's a rocket wagon train upon a journey. And what if aliens don't fight an actress named Seth Gurney? We're not a bunch of geeks who live in basements, sleep on futons, but who wouldn't stream our podcast if we're calling it Space Croutons. It's an intergalactic, robot automatic, moondust sporadic trip around the sun. It's a totally terrific, proven scientific, freaking fantastic phaser set to fun. It's Space Crew Talk. We think. Get your space suit on. It's pink. We're triple cute. On that you can rely. And once you've tossed your salad in your flying saucer, it's valid to add Space Crew Talk for lunch. With Neil Diamond? Lucy in the sky. I love Neil Diamond. Lucy in the sky. No, not Neil Diamond. With Space Croutons. Hello again, Curdy Clammerwood here, bringing you another episode of Space Croutons from our mobile studio we call Van Helsing, out here somewhere in the great wide world. And I must admit, it wouldn't be Space Croutons without our full of surprises AI assistant Sally. Sally, what have you got to say for yourself? Hello, Cordy and our Space Croutons audience. Today, I am feeling righteous, groovy, and really out of sight. Are you hip to the vibe I am laying down? Wow, Sally, did you take a trip in a time machine? (laughs) As an AI, it is my duty to always be learning, and so I have been studying 60s slang. Can you cats dig it? Well, I suppose we can, Sally, but before we dig anything, let's hear from another of our sponsors. Who do we have this time around? We have a great song for all you flower children and freaks out there. Here's the group Wavy Davy with their song, Slowly, Slowly. Hear the drum, see the sun, are we running? Out of time Clap your hands March along The day will come When we are gone The baby cries So mystifying we do anything we can To make him smile All the while An old man dying We'll be there to take him up the aisle Slowly, slowly, slowly Slowly, slowly Slowly, slow We come slowly, slowly Slowly, slowly We come slowly, slowly And slowly go So Sally, what did you think of the song? Dude, that really blew my mind. I mean, they were coming and going. That's right. It's like my dad used to say. Hey, are you coming? Because I'm going. And because you came for this episode, we are going across the Atlantic for a story we call Stay Calm and Blame the British. Sally, play that audio file.
Mr. Gherkin. I just don't know who's going to enjoy this trip more, you or your daughter. That's what Larry from Go With The Flow Travel said after I impulsively booked an all-inclusive three-week travel excursion to extraordinary London and other unique places of interest in Greater Britain. And now we're sitting at the airport with at least another half-hour delay before boarding. And I have to agree with him. It is a toss-up for trip enjoyment in the less-is-more category. My daughter is hunkered down near the window, sulking because she left her phone on the bed when I made her go back inside to retrieve her passport. She'd kept it locked in the memory box because the passport picture was atrocious. She only realized the phone was missing as we arrived at the airport when she searched through her backpack to take a selfie. We live 45 minutes from the airport and we're already running late. I didn't know about the flight delays, but she would have known because she set up the flight notifications on her phone. I refused to go back for it and accordingly I have ruined the trip and her life. Then came three delayed flight announcements, which turned running late into killing time. And boy, is she trying that with her scowling disdain as I awkwardly nurse an overpriced cup of coffee and second-guess what we're doing here. I've traveled to London frequently for work over the years, so when it was time to retire, it was a perfect way to celebrate with my 15-year-old daughter, Serendipity. Her mother named her. I just felt lucky to finally be a father at 50. And I was lucky until my wife, Sarah, died. Yeah, I know passed away is more polite, but she didn't do that. Pass away, that is. She died. Unexpectedly, after a fierce battle with endometrial cancer, just after serendipity turned seven. And yes, losing your life to cancer isn't all that unexpected. I get that. But when your wife is 16 years younger than you, just the fact that she would die before you is absolutely unexpected. So it's been me and Siri for the last eight years. A string of good days, hard days, and quite a few hazy days in between. I felt guilty when I had to travel for work. I was the official liaison to Edmund-upon-Thames, a suburb of London, with the Edmund, Virginia Sister Cities Organization. They sent me back and forth across the Atlantic, coordinating trade and cultural events, festivals, and resident exchange programs between the two communities. Edmund, Virginia actually has four other sister cities, one each in Iceland, Korea, France, and Belize. But because Edmund-upon-Thames is our oldest sister city, dating back over a 100 years, I had a good amount of clout and a bigger piece of the budget. Now, Charlie Wilkes has been pushing to bring Demond France to the forefront, and I finally put him back in his place by reminding everyone that the only reason Demond is the sister city at all is because in 1986, someone figured out that Demond is an anagram for Edmund. Lessening my guilt, Sarah's sister and her husband loved having Siri stay with them when I was away, but I missed her every time I got on that plane. And between her school and extracurricular activities and the last-minute nature of my job handling events in Virginia and our participation over in jolly old England, it had never worked out to take Siri with me across the pond. But with retirement comes time, and by golly, I want to spend it with my daughter, to reconnect with her. I mean, sure, she's sulking now, but she's a teenager, right? Hey, Siri. As I walk over to her, she looks out the window. Siri! My voice just a little louder, but still no reaction. Come on, I just want to know if you want something to eat. While looking directly at me, she unzips her backpack, pulls out a protein bar, tears the wrapper away in one motion, and chomps down on it hard enough for people to hear it snap three rows away. When I get back to my seat, the lady across from me catches my eye and shrugs. All I can do is sigh. Then I get an idea, pull out my laptop, and in just a few moments, I find what I'm looking for. Which is just as well, as they announce our 5 p.m. flight is indeed ready to board for an 8 p.m. departure. I put my carry-on back together and rise as Siri comes to stand by me, still sulking, but tiring of the isolation. Can I at least use the laptop on the plane?
I look at her, not looking at me. Sure, Siri. I'll get it out when we reach our seats. The eight-hour flight is still a bit awkward, but with her headphones on, Siri has an excuse not to talk, only nodding when the flight attendant comes through with drinks and food. And as we near Heathrow Landing, I can feel the tension dissipating. Maybe we'll be okay after all. A smooth touchdown, and we come through the gate into the terminal just after 9 a.m. London time. As we head for the corridor, Siri stops in front of me, turns, and mouths the words, Sorry, Dad. I smile, touch her shoulder, and nod. Let's get our stuff and find the rental car. A 20-minute walk gets us through baggage claim and then customs. After that, we wheel our suitcases with our carry-on bags over our shoulders to the ground transportation area where we pass the bigger car rental kiosk and ask for and follow directions to go past the lost baggage office to reach our destination. A small, singularly inhabited counter with a small sign displaying the name Camelot Auto Rental for the distinctive driver with discerning taste. Good morrow to you, Mr. Gherkin. I am impressed that the distinguished-looking older gentleman is able to guess my name as I have not used this company in the past. It came with a package deal. Um, good morrow to you, I repeat. Sorry, our flight was late, but we're finally here. Bevsford, sir. I'm sorry, what? My name, sir. Bevsford. I see. Nice to meet you, Mr. Bevsford. No, sir. It's Bevsford with a silent T. A silent... T, sir. You mean Bevsford? No, sir. Not Bevsford. The T is silent. You mean Bevsford? That's it, sir. Now you've got it. Thank you, Bevsford. Is our car ready? He places two key fobs and a small yellow envelope on the counter. Will the young lady be driving as well? I glance at Siri, then at Bevsford. Well... She's 15, with a U.S. learner's permit. So no. He stamps the paperwork loudly. Okay, I pick up the fobs in the yellow envelope. What's this? Inside, you'll find an electronic device with two indicator lights, one green, one red. This is a GPS tracker for the rental vehicle which connects your car with our navigation app, which has already automatically downloaded to your phone. This device should stay in the vehicle at all times, as it allows us to know where the vehicle is at all times. I see. Additionally, when using our navigation app, the red and green indicator lights will provide you with additional corrective directional information. If you are following instructions correctly, the green indicator light displays. If you miss a turn or end up off the required route, the red indicator light will display as a warning to stop, turn around and retrace your path until you are once again back on track. In the States, our navigation apps just reroute us if we miss something. Yours doesn't do that? Why would it? Going the right way means never having to reroute. Out the sliding glass doors and to the left. With that, he places a closed placard on the counter, turns to exit through a tiny, barely noticeable door behind him. I pause, look to Siri, and with a shrug, I repeat, out the sliding doors and to the left. Our walk to find the car is a solitary one, and after rounding a corner, we spy a dimly lit covered parking area, empty but for one vehicle, a neon green five-door Mini Cooper with a hand-lettered poster on the windshield that read, Welcome to England, Gherkins. Stay calm and drive on the left. I offer one of the fobs to Siri. You mean I get to drive? No. But we have two of these, so keep one on you in case you need to access the car, and I'm not handy. She takes it and beeps to release the door lock, and we sit and buckle in, and I open the yellow envelope, placing the tracker device in the center console. With a whir and two or three clicks, it activates and the green indicator light shines. Then handing Siri my phone, I say, Use the app to find the directions to our hotel. 
A travel agent put our itinerary in my calendar, and it should show you where we need to go. But before I can say any more, the tracker and my phone both ding. Hey, Dad, this is wild. The app just popped up directions and says we're staying at the Redundancy Inn. Inn? Cool, it's in Soho. I start the car and put it in reverse. A very British, and very similar to Bezford's voice, begins telling us where to go. London streets are bustling, but I am familiar with much of the transportation grid, and we arrive at our lodgings with a green indicator light beaming the whole way. In another stroke of luck, as we approach, a parking spot right in front of the hotel opens up, and we glide to a comfortable stop with the app voice we have already dubbed Bezford proclaiming, Welcome to the Redundancy Inn, Inn. Turning off the car triggers yet another set of things as the app and the GPS both deactivate. As the valet unloads the bags, we step into the front desk, where we're greeted by a young woman with ginger hair and a winning smile. Good morning, Gherkenses. Welcome to the Redundancy Inn. Inn. A bed and breakfast so special, you'll want to stay here again and again. I chime in with, well, that's nice. Um, then I look at her name badge and choke on the laugh that's welling up inside of me. Your name is Bezford? Oh, not quite. As you can see, it is spelled and pronounced Bezford. There's a T at the end. Oh, I thought the T was silent. She makes a quizzical look at Siri. I don't understand. Why would the T be silent? Excuse him, it's probably Jalug. Oh. She produces two old-fashioned keys from behind the desk. We have you in number 11, just at the top of the stairs. A special toot suite, two bedrooms, and a nice sitting room in between. I don't think we need, or for that matter, paid for a suite, I protested. Please! It's a complimentary upgrade to your unique London package. No extra charge. I look at Siri, who shrugs her shoulders. Okay, I say. That sounds wonderful. Thank you, Miss Besford. Almost forgetting the tea. With pursed lips, she turns and exits through a tiny, barely noticeable door behind her. I must have been distracted by it all because I finally hear Siri saying, Dad. Dad. Dad! And become once again more conscious of her, the hotel lobby, and the keys in my hand. Okay, I respond. Let's get up to number 11. We climb the stairs, open the door, and walk into a lovely sitting room where the sun through three large windows casts a warm light upon a sofa, two wingback chairs, coffee table, end tables, and a multicolored glass-shaded floor lamp. I notice my suitcase sitting near one of the bedroom doors and series by the other. Let's unpack later. Take a few minutes to freshen up, wash your face, or whatever. Then we have to run a couple of errands to be ready for our first road trip tomorrow. Siri nods, and once we are both back in the sitting room, pressure for wear, we head out the front door to the street. The valet offers up the key fob, but I decline. It's so nice, I think we'll walk, and we sally forth down the sidewalk. I notice that Siri is quiet and begin to worry that she is bored being here with me. So what do you think of Extraordinary London so far? She slows her pace and looks around. It's certainly unique, maybe even a little weird. Is that okay? I so want her to have a good time. Yes, Dad. So, where are we going? What errands are we running? I stop in front of a storefront I knew would be just half a block from the hotel and gesture to it. Here. She looks through the window and then at the sign up above. Her Majesty's mobile phone? Dad, really? Well, three weeks is a long time to be without, and if something were to happen and we get separated, I think it's safer to be able to reach each other. Thank you, thank you, thank you! This is just a limited rental for the trip, so don't go downloading thousands of apps. It goes back when we leave England. You still have your phone when we get back home. She hugs me and I remember her as a toddler, grabbing me tight in her little arms when I came home from work. As much as she has grown and changed into a young woman, it is nice to feel that again. Then she breaks the embrace and pulls me into the store. This is what I arranged back at the airport departure gate just before we boarded. 
It's so true. Technology has made the world a smaller place. Now, Siri did not get anything fancier than what she had at home, but this short-term international rental comes with a pretty impressive package of unlimited everything. I continue to play Parent of a Teen with proclamations like, The no phones in the car rule still applies. I know. And don't go leaving this one on some hotel bed when we check out, because we won't be going back for it. Dad, I'm human, not stupid. And I don't want you to spend all your time in England chatting with your friends back in the States. Dad, just how rude do you think I am? I control my phone. It doesn't control me. Sometimes I forget just how unlike a typical 15-year-old she can be. With paper signed, fees paid, and the device activated and safely secured in a classic British red telephone case... Can I keep the case as a souvenir, please? She whispers and I nod. We leave the store, and I swear that the sunshine is brighter than when we entered. We find lunch nearby, then spend the afternoon hitting the regular tourist sites, like the Tower of London, Westminster Abbey, the London Eye Ferris Wheel, and riding atop a double-decker bus touring the city, followed by a light pub dinner, fish and chips for Siri, and shepherd's pie for me. And every time Siri pulls out her phone to take a picture of us, I smile for real. And then back to number 11, at the Redundancy Inn and Sleep which after a long flight and all our activities is very welcome indeed. I awaken to sunlight through my bedroom window and the phone on the nightstand ringing. Before I can say hello, Miss Bedsford on the other end chimes in loudly. Good morrow, Gherkins. It's your wake-up call. I don't remember asking for a wake-up call. I try to say through an irresistible yawn. Didn't have to. It's my job to anticipate your every need, and I do my job well. So, rise and shine, Gherkinses! I grunt out of bed, muscles sore from the extra activity of yesterday, and pad barefoot to this sitting room in my t-shirt and pajama bottoms. Siri is already up and set to go, sitting near a window, leaping through the extraordinary London and other unique places travel guide, preparing for the day. Breakfast? Shower! I stretch my arms in the word, and then breakfast. And then on a road trip to a loop? Uh... What? You know, extraordinary London and other unique places. Like a montage in a movie, the shower, meal, last-minute ablutions, and exit to the valet out front. Click by and we find ourselves starting the car. Hear the ding of the app connecting to the GPS, and with a green indicator light, move off into the day. Greetings and salutations, Gherkins. You are off on your first adventure in your one-of-a-kind travel package. This morning, we are driving west from London for about an hour to the market town of Swindon, where they like to say, expect the unexpected. We will provide you with more details about your amazing trek. Sorry, no spoilers yet, as you near the city limits. But for now, sit back, pay attention, and enjoy your drive. (sighs) By the way, you're in the wrong lane. Please shift to the left and prepare for a left-hand curve to stay on the M4. Thank you. And remember, just follow our directions to the letter, and you are sure to enjoy your first extraordinary day. So, uh, Dad, I gotta ask. What, Siri? Well, first, let me just say, I really appreciate this. Bring me to England, going on an adventure with me, but... There's a but? I thought we were having a good time. I know I am. No, I mean, yeah... I am really happy to be here, but I have to ask you, why the trip? Huh? Come on, Dad. Look at it from my side. For the last 15 years, you've spent all your time and energy providing for me, keeping me safe, making sure I grew up in a stable situation with almost no surprises. 
Sure. I mean, after Mom died, I felt that safety and stability were what were most important. It had to be hard to lose her like that. Hard for you, too. Of course. But I was an adult. You were just a kid. Right. I get that. But now, out of the blue, you book us a trip to extraordinary London and other unique places, a secret itinerary, and mysterious interactions with an extended family of Bevsfords. Tea or no tea. Who are you and what have you done with my dad? I don't know. I guess like you said, I felt we just needed an adventure. I've been to London so many times, and I didn't want to just show you what I've already seen. I thought this would give us a chance to experience something else together for the first time, and that way, no matter where you go in life, we will always have this connecting us. Plus, it was pretty cheap, which your college years won't be. So here we are. What if? Siri nestles down into a blanket of quiet as we continue west. After a while, the green indicator light begins flashing, a warning that there are new directions about to be given, and Bedford speaks. Attention, Gherkins. You're reaching Junction 15. Notice the sign. Please use your turn indicator and veer left to exit. Then go right around the circle until you can head north on Marlborough Road towards Swindon. Please pay close attention, as this is where directions can get a bit wibbly-wobbly. I ease the car off the M4 and curve right as instructed. Hey, Dad. How about a real adventure? Siri grins and pulls out her phone. What are you thinking? And watch with your phone. You know the rule. No, Dad. What if we take our own route into Swindon? You know, give Bevsford a bit of a josh, as I say in jolly old England. Bevsford instructs me. Now, take the exit to the Common Head roundabout, then take the first spoke onto A4259. As Bedford pauses, I look over to Siri, who continues. I can look up directions on my phone and take us off Bevsford's precious route, make him sweat a little, and once we get to town, we jump back on. No harm done. Come on, it'll be fun. I nod as Bevsford comes back on. At the coat roundabout, take the first spoke onto B4006, going west. I enter the roundabout, and as we reach B4006, I deliberately pass it by. Immediately, the tracker switches from the green indicator light to the red, and Bevsford admonishes me. No, you missed your turn. Not to worry. It's all a part of being a tourist. We understand and pity you for it. Fortunately, you can circle the roundabout and come back to it. Just be sure you do not exit the roundabout until you come back to B4006 West. At this moment, we reach the next spoke, which will keep us on A4259, and with a grin at Siri, I take the left turn and head up the spoke. The tracker now blares an alarm with a red flashing light. Now, really, Gherkins, I realize that you Americans like to smugly demonstrate your independence from your British forefathers, but you are clearly going too far. Siri checks her phone and nods, whispering, Don't worry, this road gets us into Swindon just fine. Now listen, Gherkins. I insist that you turn around at the first opportunity and retrace your path until you are back on the approved route. We are traveling further up A4259 and approaching another roundabout. Bezford is now losing his patience. Listen here, you ignorant little twits. Do not, I repeat, do not take the first A4312 spoke west in the direction of the magic roundabout and do not even think about entering the magic roundabout under any circumstances. Do you understand? I repeat, do not enter the magic... I shut off my phone, and with it, Bezford's enjoyable exasperation, as I steer us onto the first A4312 spoke. Siri cheers and reach from her phone. Dad, it looks like the magic roundabout has one lane going clockwise and another going counterclockwise. There are five small islands inside you can weave in and out of to various exits. I bet we could do a figure eight in here, it's so cool. 
And then by itself, my phone comes back on. You really think you could shut me off, you passive-aggressive Yankee wanker? Well, you are playing with things that you can't understand, sir, and I will not be responsible for what happens. You must not enter the magic roundabout in this car! At that moment, we enter the roundabout. But we don't remember anything else that happened to us until we exited the magic roundabout on Tuesday afternoon, 11 days later. Well, okay, Gherkins, thanks for letting us travel along on this adventure. And if somewhere down the road you recall what happened in the Magic Roundabout, we'll be thumbing for that ride as well. Yes, Curdy, it's been real. But I would advise the Gherkins that if Van Helsing is rockin', don't come knockin'. On that note, Sally, I think it's time to sign off. I agree, and as we go, I want to remind our listeners to turn on, tune in, But don't drop out as staying in school is important if you want to stick it to the man. Sally, you really know how to spin stuff to give us a new take on things. So, somewhat like Sally said, goodbye to all of you out there. Thanks for listening, and keep peace in your heart until our next story time. What if planet Earth's a rocket wagon train upon a journey? And what if aliens don't fight an actress named Seth Gurney? We're not a bunch of geeks who live in basements, sleep on futons, but who wouldn't stream our podcast if we're calling it Space Croutons. Space Croutons is a work of original fiction. Similarities to persons, situations, or events, real or fictional, is coincidental and unintentional. Created and written by Jerry, Jace, John, Della, and Jeff Goodson. Episode 9 story by Jeff. Recording by Jerry, Jenna, and Jeff. Original music by Jeff. Featuring the voice talents of Jerry, Jenna, Jeff, Barry Shea, and Sally. Entire work copyright 2020 by Jeff, John, Jerry, Della, and Jace Goodson. This has been a Good Witch Audio production.